Hello friends and welcome to Virtual Strangers 51. I'm your host Wes with me as always my good friend Roots. Roots another week in quarantine. Man, How you holding up man? Yeah, I don't know man I, I seeing colors man it's no actually I've been one good thing I've been able to get out because I am essential for my job so I get out every day but I was thinking about that today I was thinking I don't know how how people could do it and be stuck inside their house and not go outside and uh enjoy the sunshine right but uh of all weeks to be quarantined this is the one though right I mean then I couldn't have picked a day, a week that I wanted to play a VR game um any more than I have especially after I got in to um to half-life alex i i just couldn't believe how phenomenal uh it was yeah same here dude you know uh i normally uh, keep my my headsets as you can see over there uh whenever i get them playing you know I, I always hear people all these horror stories about people getting the cord knotted up and all this I always unplug mine and, and neatly coil up the cord and put them away over there uh I unplugged my headset to put it up there. I think my, my headset's been plugged in the entire week. I don't think I've unplugged it once. It's just sat next to my computer uh, so that when I get home from work, and yes, I too am an essential member of the workforce, uh, when I get home from my job, uh, Half-Life Alex is ready to go. And, um, uh, you know, thankfully, thankfully, because this has been uh, a great escape uh this past week i think i've spent more of my free time in this than doing anything else yeah yeah i definitely uh i'm in the same boat and i'm looking at some of the numbers on some of the people like iron man mccann or whatever it's like almost 40 hours in this game already Drillo's getting around the, close to 30 you know i've i think i've met 12 maybe 12 or 13 i'm i'm on the lot 10th chapter and i'm getting close but uh man it's it's you know, what's funny about this game and, you know, at least in the initial thing and both of us, we jumped in and I think I, I attribute it to the fact that we were, we just weren't Half-Life fans growing up. You know, it, the first hour, two hours, it's like, this is a good game, but I wasn't like, like I was watching this gameplay particular and the, the, the dude is just raving at everything, but you can tell that he's a Half-Life fan. And um, and as I'm watching again after I've played through this much, I'm I'm noticing details of just watching the video, and man, I I, I get it. Uh, you know, if I could go into the world of a of a a game series that I played growing up, man, I'd just be like, oh my fucking lord! But uh, this game is just so phenomenal, and and just everything, physics, graphics, uh, lighting, um, it just blew me away. Yeah, yeah, same here, and it was largely the same experience for me. Uh, at the beginning, you know, I'd let people kind of pump me up a little bit, saying, you know, that it's going to be so great. I spent all this time screwing around on the balcony. I thought it was, you know, was awesome, and I got to the balcony, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it, it's nice. Everything looks good, but, you know, I, I wasn't blown away with it. Uh, when I got down to street level, though, uh I think that's where this game, uh, as far uh, graphically, uh, that's where it's at its strongest. Is when you get down on the street level, you're outdoors. You have the sun uh, coming in and, and uh, casting shadows through the trees and everything. And uh, you know, there's 
uh, NPCs all over the street that are just phenomenal looking. Uh, so like you, not so blown away at the very beginning, but as the game goes on, not only does it start to look and sound better, uh, but then you, you start to, uh, uh, start to encounter hostiles and that's, that's when the game really gets fun. That, that's the, been the strong point of the game for me so far are the uh, action sequences. Oh yeah. Because every other game that you've, you've never had, it's very rare. I guess Boneworks was one of the first ones for me where like you were playing against NPCs and like they were hard and you, you die and like I've died a lot in this fucking game for sure. And whether it's head crabs or, you know, who knows what the hell, there's all sorts of enemies that pop up. Um, it's just crazy. And uh, it's it's one of the most challenging VR games I've played, but I've uh, the most compelling ones. I, you know, like even the puzzles, I, I'm not a big puzzle person, but I've enjoyed every single type of puzzle and they're all intuitive and they make sense. And, you know, even if you walk up to, like the very first one that you walk up to and it's so simple and you're like, how, where do I go? How do I get up there? You know? And, and then you're like, all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, ah, oh, it's so fucking stupid. You know? Um, it, that's just the way the puzzles are. Right. It's like, once it clicks, it's like, you feel stupid because it's just so intuitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I wasn't that impressed but much like with a lot of things in this game. I wasn't very impressed with the early puzzles. But as time goes on and the complexity ramps up, uh, they're getting really fun now. Like they're actually challenging a little bit and uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even getting to um, like uh, the one, there's one of the puzzles where, you know, I know Alex was complaining and I uh, don't like these ones either, but like the, the, the things that they started getting like a trail on them, like as you're moving the ball around and, and I kept dying. I'm like, why the fuck am I dying? And then I realized that these things are kind of like a shooting star, you know, and the trails coming behind. You have to watch that. And it's just, I don't know, man. I just, it, it blew me away because like I said, most times puzzles frustrate me just because I, I don't, I want to be playing the game. I don't want to be solving a puzzle, but this one, it just said the puzzles were actually fun and um, they made sense. So I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Without going into too much detail here, because we are going to do, well, I guess I should touch on the Monday show, right? Why we didn't have a Monday show this past week. Uh, we were planning a, a Monday show where we were going to pretty much give the talk that we're giving right now some impressions of Half-Life Alex. Uh, but by the time that recording time came around, uh, you know, we were both pretty far along in the game, or at least we thought we were. And uh, we decided since we were so close to the end that instead of doing the Monday show, we would just take another day or two, beat the game, and then we would just do a full-on review discussion. Well, here we are several days later, and still neither one of us have beaten the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, review discussion is still coming. So uh, we're just kind of... Uh, going to give a, a general impressions talk here uh maybe talk about a few of our experiences in the game um so without you know going into to too much detail here uh about how i feel about the game I, I feel like i feel like valve really didn't do anything new 
with this game like everything they've done we've seen before somewhere else uh but i feel like they pay so much attention to the small details that's what really sets this game apart it's more polished than any game we've ever seen in vr and uh in every specific category uh they go just a little bit further than the second best went if that makes any sense oh yeah it makes a lot of sense and one of the best things about this i i can't rave enough about it is the audio which you know you i would have thought that audio has been perfected right in vr but somehow valve has taken it to another level to where it just everything just sounds so perfect and so the directional is so good um and like even picking up like somebody was saying picking up a wine bottle and shaking it you can hear it moving around and just little little uh things that uh set everything apart i think those are the details that um just make this game next level yeah that that's exactly what i was uh, referring to it's a great example uh of what i meant when i when i was talking about uh how it's the small details that really set the game apart for example um when you jump you use your teleportation jump uh no matter what it is you land on uh whenever you land you you hear your feet hit whatever surface it is so if you're jumping on a tin roof you can hear yourself land on that tin roof if you're jumping on stone you'll hear a thud if you're jumping on some kind of a wood you'll hear it creak a little bit um little details like that uh are uncommon in video games period let alone a, a vr game uh, and it's not just with the audio. It's literally this attention to detail has been paid in every facet of the game. Um, for example, the, you know, I, I tried to break a toilet the other day, one of these old decrepit toilets that don't work anymore. But if you got really close to it, you can see it had like a thin layer of dust on it uh, where it's been, you know, abandoned. And uh, I smacked it with a telephone, I think, that I picked up. And uh, a little poof of dust came off. There was like a dust cloud for like a half a second that came off of it. And it, it's just stuff like that uh, that really builds your immersion level and, uh, and really makes this game, you know, literally next level. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I have to agree 100%. And uh, I don't know, I one of the things that, set it out for me i mean just because we haven't found too many stories um in vr that were this complete the acting and then just the humor like some of the humor parts and it's not it's just a subtle way of the conversation going on and just say between alex and russell or whatever and 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 russell brings up the fact that you know uh her dad's leg is gone or something and and she says yeah i know and and it, it was it just the whole the way the conversation was i don't know it's just so good man it's just so funny um i can't remember exactly what they were saying but it was definitely uh um it was a it was a quirky thing so I don't know. yeah well well written script well performed by the voice actors uh on par with everything else in this game just uh a little bit better than we've seen before right yeah uh i think that um well, I, I don't want to get into the 
the community is still kind of in the honeymoon phase with this game and i feel like they're they're glossing over a few of the shortcomings this game isn't perfect there are shortcomings but uh we're going to talk about that in the deep dive review after we finish the game um but yeah i, I feel like like i said i feel like no matter which aspect you look at here uh the game isn't like way ahead of the second place in each individual category but the way that the the developers have polished this thing over a four-year period and paid attention to every little detail um it's that kind of effort that really has set them apart in this game and i imagine uh you know not knowing but i imagine that that probably is uh something that they've become that they've been known for in their other games it's probably why they have such a following yeah yeah it's true and guess what uh, the asgard effect is no longer an effect anymore this is now it's the alex effect and and uh it's completely a different game like it just it makes it i mean because it's so polished in every single way i just think it sets the bar that much far further up and uh um, like you said, it's not that it's so far removed, but it's just a different level. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I would say that the Asgard's effect is a different thing than the Alex effect. Uh, when Asgard's Wrath came out, uh, it really moved the bar uh, dramatically from what VR games were to what VR games are. It kind of heralded the second generation of VR software. Uh, so I feel like the gap from games before Asgard's Wrath to games after Asgard's Wrath is uh, a huge gap. You know, it was a big jump. Uh, I think what we're going to see with Half-Life Alex, um, yeah, I think that it's the most polished game and probably the best game that we've had thus far in vr but i don't feel like the gap between half-life uh alex and the games we've gotten over the last six months is as big as the gap from gen one games to asgard's wrath um now with that said uh i think what really sets half-life apart is the completeness of the game whereas um you you would refer to a game like uh boneworks as having the best physics in vr and you may refer to uh, uh another game uh i don't know who would you say before alex what would you say was the most graphically stunning game you've seen in vr probably asgard's wrath right yeah yeah for sure yeah so we would say Asgard's Wrath uh, maybe was the best uh, looking VR game before. And then we'll say something like maybe Hellblade was the best sounding VR game that we've ever played before. And uh, Stormland we, felt you have the all best. these yeah. right. You have all these different categories uh, that you can judge games on. And before Half-Life, each category would have a different game that was ahead in that category what we have here with half-life alex is one game that wins in every category 
It's the best looking. Not by a mile, by a little bit. It's the best sounding. Not by a mile, by a little bit. It's the best physics. Not by a mile, by a little bit. But the totality of every category adds up to uh, something that we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And for me, um, I've said in the past, um, I don't feel compelled to finish every game. I, as I'm the opposite. I feel like a game needs to to actually make be worth finishing for me. And I'm already almost finished with this game, and it just came out because I want to play it. And I when I I think about it because you know I'm not playing and I want to play more. You know, it keeps coming into my mind even now just watching the trailer because I've played so much of it and I'm like, oh my god, this game! I want to play it now again. Um, it's not. It's not as common for me with most other games. Um, it's happened to me in flat games in the past, um, but I think that's the difference as well. Because I didn't even feel that with Asgard's Wrath. Um, you know, I and granted it's because it's so long, but I got halfway through and then I didn't feel there was a point where I just got kind of bored. You know, um, I'm not bored with this game at all. And I want to probably play it again. You know, um, it's just that that good. Now, granted, we're in the honeymoon period, so who knows? Maybe things will be different in two weeks or a month but uh um i think that's the difference it, it it's the solid complete package is more pal- palatable and makes you want to finish it so well it's not only that but i think it's um you know again i, I don't want to get too much uh into the negatives of the game uh but i, I think that there's there's one aspect of the of this game that's a negative and a positive at the same time. And uh, what I'm talking about is the gameplay loop in this game. Uh, you can tell that it's kind of been nerfed for new players. Like, it's not the most complex game in the world to play. It's fairly straightforward. Um, to be honest, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about what you're doing here, we've seen it before in a game called Arizona Sunshine. This this is Arizona Sunshine. You, you've got a few weapons. You're going through a linear path. You're shooting. Uh, you're looting, but only for a few different items. Uh, it's basically doing what Arizona Sunshine did, but like a hundred times better, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, in a way, that's a negative. It's a kind of simplistic game uh, from that perspective. But that works in its favor because sometimes when I'm thinking about what I want to play, uh, games like Asgard's Wrath, games like um, Saints and Sinners, great games, the best we have, but it sounds a little, like a little too much. You know, I don't want to get in here and have to manage inventories and, and you know, do all this stuff all the time. Sometimes I just want a game that I can just pick up and play and not have to break my brain thinking about. And I think that that's uh, one of the reasons why this game has been so compelling and the reason why I've wanted to play it so much because I don't get tired just thinking about playing it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those games that you just pick up and go uh, and you can play for a half an hour or you can play for three hours. And more times than not, you end up playing for three or four hours. Yeah, sometimes less is more. You know, especially in a game like this. And uh, like you said, I, I don't want to have too much, you know, um, to manage. And they clearly did. They've, you only can only hold two items at once. 
Um, everything else goes over your shoulder. Um, the best thing they could have done, and um, I've heard a couple of people mention it, um, and I said this six months ago, um, why do we need to be able to drop our gun? Like, that's the biggest fucking nightmare in VR is dropping your weapon, trying to scramble for it. You know, the way that they've done it, where you just push in a button and, and change, which, I mean, it's really brilliant. And uh, it solved the issue of dropping your weapon. You still get to reload it. You still get to do all the stuff with it, but you just don't, you're just not going to drop it um, and uh, or holster it. Like, how many how many problems does that solve not having to holster your gun? Um for somebody coming into VR, you didn't need newbies that are already bitching about VR being a gimmick and all the shit that people say, because that's who's coming in to play v- out Half-Life Alex. Um, they needed to not have the jank. They didn't need to be trying to holster shit, dropping guns and all of that. That may be great for, for veterans, but that the way that this was done was, was simplicity and um, it's just great. Yeah, this is another great example of um, those small things that set them apart that I was talking about. How how brilliant is it that they had the foresight to put the ammo containers on your back and your inventory in slots up front? Most games, it's the opposite. Most of the games, you have your inventory on your backpack and then your ammo is somewhere slotted on your body. So what ends up happening when you have a high pressure, a high pressure combat situation, and you need to find ammo, you end up fumbling around. You're never quite sure where you need to grab it and, and uh, get you killed, right? Uh, in this game, they said, "All right, let's think about this for a minute." Anybody who's accessing their inventory has time to stop and think about where their inventory's at. But in a combat situation, you need to know where your ammo is. It needs to be a reflex. So they put it in the most accessible point on your body, which is your shoulder. And uh, it doesn't take long to, to really get that muscle memory, drop the clip, grab a new one, put it in, and rack the chamber. You're ready to go. Uh, you, you do it kind of without thinking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. And because it, the main thing is you don't want to be fumbling around and um, there's nothing else up there on your shoulder. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you grab up there, it's just, that's the only thing that's up there. So you can't mess it up. You can, you know, you can grab the, the ammo, you can throw it over your shoulder easy. Um, it just works very well. The magnet hands work yeah. very well. Just everything comes together. And uh, the only thing that I, I don't like um, is the fact that, uh, Sometimes huh, I'm going to teleport and, I'll, and I'm down off of something and I'll run. This is my own error. I'll run off and die. And uh, it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I actually God. ran off of a, a spot that looks very similar to the one that we're looking at here and, and died just accidentally just hit the button and boom, dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with the, with the inventory placement and the ammo weapons placement, we've had a hundred games in VR all do it the opposite way that, that valve did it but with just this one little change you know just the smallest little detail like that just a little bit of thought and common sense made just the world of difference in how this game actually feels and flows when you play it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah and that, it's in every category that you look at it doesn't matter what it is in this game 
there's always that little something that they do different that sets it apart. Let me ask you this, you know, and I, you probably can't answer this because you don't have an index, but do you think there's much more to it? Like having the index, like you can crush the can instead of pushing your button to crush it. I, I just, it's great. I'm, I'm proud of all of you index owners and you, you're just living it up. I just don't, I don't feel like you have that much more of an advantage as far as that goes, you know, maybe the wide field of view or whatever, but, uh, I'm enjoying yeah. it. You know, just the, I, the only reason I say anything is because some people legitimately freaked out and they needed to have the index to play this game. You cannot play this on the Rift S. And I just think that's so stupid, man. Like Scion's playing it on yeah. CB1 and he's enjoying it. So I don't understand. Right. Well, um, to be honest, uh, I, th I think if there's any difference, if there's anything that they have that I want, it's that little bit of field of view. Yeah. Uh, because I, I honestly playing this game, uh, it's been really, this game's been the first time that I've ever felt really limited by my field of view. Uh, and I don't know if it's because the game looks so awesome and I want to take more in, but I've never really noticed the narrowness of my field of view before I played this game. So, uh, having a little bit more there, I, I would, uh, I would definitely enjoy it would be a way bigger deal to me than the controllers. Mm. Uh, I don't think that those, you know, being able to move these fingers really makes all that big of a difference in the game. But I get it, right? The, these people have all spent this uh, exorbitant amount of money uh, on this thing, uh, and they have to justify it to themselves, right? They have to tell themselves that they did the right thing. So obviously, in their, you know, looking at the world through their eyes, any advantage, uh, no matter how small, they're going to, you know, blow it up. It's going to seem like a bigger thing to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, we could say the same thing on ours. You know, we, we justify that we spent yeah. the right amount, less money, and we're getting as much, as good as they, and they think, fuck, you ain't getting what we have. Right. You're not even close. Um, but no, I, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it on the Rift S. I think it, it's phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah, it's like buying a, a PlayStation Pro instead of buying the PS4. And, uh, any you know, the, the shimmering's not so much in the game as it was before. And man, that extra $150 was worth it, you know. <laughs> it, we all do it. I'm not trying to fault the, the index owners at all. I'm just saying, I kind of get it when they when they really play up oh look i can crush the yeah you know to me i who i could care less about that but the uh the pov that's a real difference and um i'll be lying if i said i, I didn't want to uh experience uh a little bit wider field of view but i've always said that's kind of my number one thing right now with uh with a new headset i'd like to have uh i'd like to be able to see more of the world you can do it right now they just go into Half-Life Alex and uh, find the tiger mask, wear it for a while, and then when you take that fucker off, because, man, it, really, talk about limited. Uh, that for tiger mask, you can't see shit in that sucker, man. Two little hole, eye holes. Uh, cool. I have not found the tiger mask. And the way I'm uh, playing through this game, I've got to imagine I just haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, no, you'll find it. Yeah, you're finding everything, dude. You're doing the search a thorough search although i've i'm finding myself i 
um, probably search this game more than I have any other game. I'm looking for resin. You know what? And that pissed me off, dude. I just had a side note. I got to a point where, you know, Russell was saying, eh, you, you might want to use your resin up because you, you know, this is pretty much saying this is it. This is the last time you're going to get. To... And I was one resin short from what I wanted to get. And I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, I'll just move a little bit further and maybe I'll find some. And then it dawned on me like a few minutes later that they're not going to have any more resin in here, dude. Like they just told you this is your last shot. Why would they put them in there after they put the last machine in there? So I, I never got my last upgrade and uh, I'm sad. So well, hopefully they'll be like, um, you, your stuff will carry over to the second playthrough. Fingers crossed. I don't know. I haven't thought to ask anybody. Leave it in the comments down below. Uh, those of you who are on your second playthrough, Drillo, Derail, you guys let us know. Did it let you keep your inventory, let you keep your weapons, or, or did it, uh, is it a new game plus, or is it just a new game when you start over? Yeah, it's a good question. Which, I, you know, even if it did, you know, they played on uh, normal the first time and moved up to hard. It might be one of these things where you have to beat it on hard to, to start over with your stuff. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would. Uh, eh, normal seems hard enough for me, man. <laughs> uh, you know, know, honestly, I'm on hard and I didn't. I don't find it to be all that difficult. Not yet, anyway. I heard it's more about the ammo. And that was kind of one of the things I did notice that um, I think it might have even been you that was telling me. Somebody was telling me that on normal things re like the ammo resets itself um like it just knows how it'll give it'll just spawn stuff in to make you always feel like you're low but never really um get you completely low and i'm pretty sure that's 100 percent correct because i was roaming around this area and just looking and i know i've came across clips and that just suddenly were there that i was like oh, i could have sworn there wasn't something there um so i think it does at least on normal give you more ammo and that's probably where the difficulty comes uh mostly anyway maybe i'm i'm very conservative with my ammo uh generally what i'll do is i'll i'll comb the area look move every box look for everything that i can find and then uh i will i will use my pistol uh, just so that I can have the other guns as a fallback. If things get hairy, I always have my shotgun or my uh, submachine gun that I can switch to and uh, to get out of a jam. So what that basically means is that 80% of the time I'm using my pistol and uh, I, rarely, I, I rarely run out of, uh, out of ammo. Or mm -hmm. I, have, I mean, I've ran out. The, the SMG kind of goes through it pretty quickly. Uh, the the battery packs or whatever mm. um but i think i may have run out of pistol ammo one time um what, the shotgun I, I barely even use what do you think about the thought that they didn't give us a, sl a slow mo button like i wanted I to think isn't that bullshit dude like i need a slow mo button like bone works to slow down things make it a little bit easier <laughs> right <laughs> Well, asking you shall receive. That's, that's yeah. really kind of the beauty with uh, Valve. If uh, there's something that you want in the game, somebody will just come along and put it in there for yeah, you. That's true. With all the modding, man, who knows what the hell is going to come out. That's the, the exciting part is, you know, seeing what people will make in the future. 
Um, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see striders in there more, you know, like instead of just coming up on you and you actually, uh, um, fighting them all over yeah. everywhere. I, I look forward to having like, um, a, a super challenging version of this because, uh, you know, it, it's just, maybe it gets tougher at the end, but it has not really been hard at all. You know, the times that I've died in it, uh, it's just been basically because I've got taken off guard by something, you know, an ambush of multiple enemies at once. Mm -hmm. And uh, before I can get my bearings and get settled in, you know, they've already hit me two or three times and I'm done. Yeah, I think there's an enemy you haven't seen yet. Maybe. I don't know. But Maybe. I'll Probably. tell you what, it, it does get harder. Um, although, you know. Well, those, those big guys are pretty tough. The ones with the... Uh, chain gun mm -hmm. the big fat guy with the chain gun um generally uh though I've, I've been able to dispatch them pretty easily because uh i try to keep grenades on me a couple of grenades in my wrists so uh if i need it i can uh, i can always go to that and yeah normally a grenade and a couple of headshots will take care of one of those guys no let me ask you this did you save a slot for russell and his his vodka or did you just say fuck you i don't, I don't care about your your vodka i don't remember him saying anything about vodka uh, 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 he loves vodka well good for him who doesn't <laughs> love vodka? who doesn't love vodka well he hates it too it's poison that's a, a very weird thing too but yeah no um yeah so i uh i, I grabbed the bottle and i'm taking it back to him I, you know he's my friend so <laughs> well maybe <laughs> maybe we'll do that i'm thinking about you know people are going back through and doing the gnome thing uh just so they can get that achievement and maybe i'll do that because it's an achievement that you can get uh and i'm definitely going to play through it again um but i was thinking you know what what can i really do uh, different uh, so I'm thinking about maybe playing through it again and only using the pistol uh, seeing if I can beat the game without using either of the other two guns they may screw you on that one Wes they might not give you the ammo you need for it they might want you to use something else or some of those like some of those guys some of those things work very well with other guns so yeah that would be a challenge for sure yeah we can try it. I mean, the yeah. worst thing that could happen is we could fail and end up beating it with uh, the other guns, right? Yeah, yeah. That's true. So, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with uh, creative ideas to, to make the game more challenging and uh, have a good reason to play through it a second time. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll come up with something for the channel, something fun. Maybe. Maybe we already have. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> stay tuned yeah uh anyway um yeah I, I guess we probably should move on because if we don't we'll just keep you know drooling all over this game and and singing its praises all night long but uh as soon as we finish this game most likely next week sometime we're going to do a in-depth review discussion uh and i'll go into a little bit more detail uh in each category uh, of the specific small things uh, that Valve does to put themselves ahead in each category. And all of these small differences, we will detail how they all add up to um, make their game, you know, set out uh, by a mile. 
Yeah. And we may have some spoilers as well. Actually, I'm sure we will. We'll, we'll, yeah. We won't spoil it for anybody, but uh, I can't imagine doing a full review and not um, going full in depth for this one. Well, we, yeah, we'll do a, um, a spoiler section, section at the end. Uh, we will detail what are, in my opinion, some of the shortcomings of this game, which there are a few shortcomings of this game. Uh, and I will enlighten you all as to what the Alex effect really is. It's not the Asgard's effect. Uh, the Alex effect is going to be a different thing. Um, but again, we'll talk about that during the review. Uh, but while we're on the Asgard's effect, um, you think we're going to experience any of that here? You know, the Asgard's effect was after we played Asgard's Wrath, whenever we tried to go back to playing the games that we had before, uh, we just couldn't do it because there was so much a gap in in quality uh, that it just kind of all seemed like shit for a while. Do you think we're going to experience that now that we've got a good six months of Gen 2 games to fall back on? Uh, do you think if when you go back to The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, or Boneworks, or Asgard's Wrath, or Stormlands, uh, do you think you're going to feel that same uh, inability to enjoy uh, what you're playing? I don't think so. I mean, I think it might affect a little bit, but I mean, all those games are all amazing in their own right, um, and I enjoy them for, you know, different reasons. But again, some of the older games absolutely you know um you know it just it just sets you know actual games that have things to do versus tech demos you know you know like even boneworks has aspects of it that i really enjoy in different ways a little bit more than this that you kind of wish that you know yeah you know certain things were are i mean everything is physics and bone works whereas most everything in this is um you know so yeah yeah a hundred percent uh there, there are things that you can do in bone works that i was really wishing that i could do in this game like it still bothers me that there, there's all this stuff that i want to climb and i can't climb it and you know climbing is like probably the biggest weak point of bone works but I would give anything for that janky, shitty-ass climbing in this game, right? Yeah, I tried to climb up some poles, Wes, and they were like, nah, you ain't climbing this you shit. climbing <laughs> nothing. You're not climbing anything, But the bro. climbing you do do in this game is so good. Um, it's just they, right. they needed to be more, um, you know, because in real life I can climb everything, or a lot of things anyway. Right, so. you can't climb shit in this game other than ladders. And though now the ladder climbing... Probably the best ladder climbing we've seen in VR, right? Yeah, and no, it's perfectly easy, like super easy. Um, it just feels good. Yeah, that's, that's the story with everything in this game, pretty much. Yeah. It just feels good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, more, more on that uh, during the review discussion, so be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, I tend to be in agreement with you here. I don't think we're going to feel much Asgard's effect uh going back to be honest uh, i look forward to getting back in the boneworks i look forward to getting back in the walking dead if anything else i have more of a confidence now uh having put in nearly 20 hours into this game uh i'm not as intimidated by those longer games anymore because you know it, this just goes to show if the game grabs me and i'm having fun with it i can stick with it 
you know, I can put in the time that it takes to uh, progress in one of those games. It just shows you that length doesn't mean shit if it sucks. You know, if it's not good, and I, I don't care how long it is. That's why if it's a good two-hour game, I'm really looking forward to down the rabbit hole. It's only a couple hours, but I know I'm going to really enjoy it for what it is. Um, you know, that's the, the content needs to be as good as the length. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't care, um, you know. And like you said, yeah. this thing just, just from beginning to end is just drawing me in. You say that length doesn't matter, but you know who says that length does matter? My mom! <laughs> well, assu- assuming, I'm assuming. Right, right. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, and you brought up uh, down the rabbit hole there. I guess this would be a good uh, time to tell all of you to be sure to tune in tomorrow to the monday show the triumphant return of the monday show because uh the good folks over at cortopia studios just so happened to send roots and i a copy of down the rabbit hole that we're gonna check out probably uh right after you guys watch this and uh we're gonna tell you guys all about it tomorrow um in addition to that my uh, our good friends over at uh, Twisted Pixel have sent me a copy of B-Team. So uh, we're getting ready to switch over Roots in a hard way. Uh, I'm going to veer off to the left here, put on the Oculus Quest, check out a couple of the newest releases, and uh, both both of which I've really been looking forward to. So uh, looking forward to getting back to the Monday show, bro. It looks like... Uh, we're back on our old loop again of uh, playing new games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of psyched. Actually, I've been looking forward to down the rabbit hole for a while. And I'm just <laughs> a totally different subject as we're still on this, this scene. I didn't feed the bug, Wes. Like, what is wrong with me? I actually didn't. The whole beginning of the game, I didn't check as much shit out. Like, I was watching this thing, and I was like, man, I didn't see that. I didn't see that chair there. Um, so I'm going to have to go back in and... and uh, I never even checked out any of this board or the windows or I didn't know you could write on shit. What was I doing? Oh yeah. Yeah. I fed the bug. I wrote on shit. I actually practiced writing with the, um, with the dry erase marker, uh, a few times, uh, for a future video clip. Uh, you know what I wrote? Hmm. <laughs> Subscribe. Oh, Hey, that works. That's good. Actually, that's pretty so smart. That's a, a good reminder for all of you out there if you haven't already yeah click that red button down there it's the best thing that you'll do all day we promise yeah for sure uh but anyway uh tune in tomorrow we're going to talk about down the rabbit hole we're going to talk about b team and more uh an awesome triumphant return of the monday show tomorrow all right so um half-life alex the first of the three big VR games that Valve has promised us. But, oh, wait a minute, Roots. Not so fast on that. So, back in February 2017, Gabe Newell himself revealed that the company was working on three full VR games, one of which would be their flagship. Well, obviously, this year we have gotten their flagship title, Half-Life Alex, But... Uh, in a recent interview with Upload VR, Valve's Greg Coomer seemed to suggest that Valve isn't 
working on other VR games at all. At least not right now. And, and here's the quote. All the resources for VR game development later in the cycle during Alex's development, all of those resources got moved on to Alex. So at the moment, no, there aren't three other titles in development. But as for what's coming, we don't really have anything new or newsworthy for you to say. Once Alex is out the door, here's what you should expect and have happen. So what they're basically saying here is whatever they were doing at, at that time, those three years ago, uh, at some point in time, later in Alex's development, all of their resources went into shipping this game. And uh, as the, the recent interview with Gabe has, has shown, uh, in addition to the quote I just read, I think that Valve is kind of taking a wait-and-see approach uh, as to what they're going to do next. I think that they'd like to continue pushing VR. They're obviously very invested in it, having, you know, developed a headset, developed, you know, this groundbreaking game. Uh, but, you know, everything that they've been saying for the last week it leads to, all right, we're going to wait and see. What do you think about that? Man, it's weird. I mean, I, I guess it makes sense, but, uh, you know, it's not what I wanted to hear, you know, because February 2017, um, and it it's weird because, you know, we're only three years removed from that or, you know, coming up. And uh, it makes me wonder because, you know, when this was being said, it was just that everybody knew there was three games. It was three from Valve, three from Valve. And then somewhere about a year ago, we I remember talking it with you and we were like, I wonder what's going on because they've stopped saying three, you know, and so we just assume now that's just that's there's still three. And now it's definitively not three. And I all had to go back and look at this article to make sure, OK, they did say three. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'd like to think that there's something else in development um, that just got stopped and they'll go back to. Um, but uh, who knows what the hell is going on? I know there's a lot of flat gamers out there that are literally thinking that Half-Life 3 is coming out flat. I don't see that happening. As well as this game was made in VR, why would they ever go back to slumming it in flat gaming? That's to me. Well, uh, I think you're right. And I think uh, their wait-and-see approach, all of these things that they said, it was pre-launch, and that's pretty, uh, pretty big point that we need to point out here. Is all this stuff, all these quotes, all this wait and see, was before launch. Now here we are, five days removed uh, from the launch of the game, and we have seen, uh, by all metrics, uh, this thing is shattering anything any game's ever done before. Uh, it's been a massive success and I got to imagine if they were waiting to see that they've seen by now, right? This is the way to go. VR is the future. Uh, unless they're just waiting to see if, uh, it continues to grow. I, I mean, obviously their intention is to grow the VR platform into a mainstream thing. And, uh, I mean, only time's really going to tell with that. But, uh, as far as launches for, uh, Half-Life, I got to imagine that uh, 
it couldn't have gone any better than what it did, right? Yeah. And didn't they say it was like, what, I guess it was like 15,000 or 13,000 reviews on Steam or something, which is, is crazy. And uh, um, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of copies sold. So, um, yeah. yeah. It was like half, half a million copies sold already. Yeah. And when you think about that at $60 a pop, you know, that that's two to three times the common price for a VR game. Uh, that that's a lot of money, Roots. That's that's a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of people coming into VR because I don't think there was five hundred thousand headsets out there before Alex, or at least active. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are, but they're definitely. I'd be curious to know, you know, if they could pull and they could accurately accurately tell you how many people came into VR because of Alex, what that number would be. Um, I'd be curious. Well, it's obviously had an effect, like a big time effect, on uh, on adoption, and even I th- got to think that it would have had an even bigger effect uh, if it weren't for the times that we're living in and the shortages and the, just the turmoil in the world. Just the fact that they were able to do anything successful uh, from a business standpoint in the current climate is miraculous, and it really speaks to the. Uh, the uh, acumen of uh, the people there about. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Uh, do you think it's possible that all of this naysaying and uh, pumping of the brakes, if you will, from Valve is just part of their marketing strategy? You know, they, they've been kind of masterful with the way that they, they handle marketing uh, they don't uh, leak things uh, unintentionally, I guess I should say. Um, they they kind of keep things under a tight wrap. They'll let out a tidbit here and there, but when it comes time to sell something to somebody, that's when you really get the full info. Uh, okay, this is a real thing. This is a real game. I mean, we've been hearing about Half-Life VR for uh, years now leaks rumors speculation but we didn't really learn that it was real uh, until just a few months ago right and uh you see how that's worked out it's, it's been great so do you think it's possible that some of that may be at play here yeah with these other games yeah absolutely um they're you know like we were just talking before we started filming it for some reason in vr no one wants to market you know or they market very weirdly outside the norm of every other business throughout history um valve clearly knows what they're doing marketing wise and they i i wouldn't put them past them to um you know they're not going to show us all their cards and uh they want it to be like bam you know uh portal three you know whatever just in vr just comes out and i i don't care what people say we can handle it i you know if you can handle gunheart in vr i can handle portal i guarantee it um so there's no reason not to do it but uh um at some point um i i think they are i think they there's a very good chance that they're um there's something going on they're just not letting people know so yeah well um they've been pretty quick to to squash the rumors since they went into press mode you know before it was just kind of crickets from them but after they announced alex and they went into press mode 
you know, people were, were talking about, um, like you just mentioned, Portal in VR. You know, there's these titles, these Valve titles that everyone automatically associates with VR because it would be so cool. Uh, Portal was one of those titles. Uh, but in an interview with IGN, uh, Valve's Robin Walker uh, revealed that Valve actually had experimented with a Portal VR game, but didn't get very far with it. Uh, and the quote goes, uh, We looked at our various IPs when we started, um, before we selected Half-Life, which is a standard thing that we do. Uh, it was pretty clear when we looked at Portal as a whole, if we can't do player movement, uh, not as a result of their choice, but by launching them, momentum, standing on things, all that sort of stuff, uh, then a whole swath of Portal's puzzles, the whole back half of Portal or more goes away and we need some alternative thing. Uh, we saw the same thing in the interview with, um, shit, dude's name escapes me now that I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, but when we had the Half-Life Alex reveal, three of the, the Half-Life developers uh, did a Q&A, and they also talked about Portal during that thing, and uh, they were pretty quick to shut down the rumors uh, of Portal VR. So then the next thing was Left 4 Dead VR, right? And we were even talking about it on our show. And within a week, Gabe comes out. No, we're not doing Left 4 Dead VR. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the the way that they're so eager to, to shut down any kind of rumor, I mean, to some people that might would seem suspicious, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then those are their two biggest IPs outside of Half-Life, right? So you'd think one of them... Why not Left 4 Dead, for sure? That would be an amazing game in VR. It's scary as yeah. fuck. And Scion would be noping out quick. So Yeah, he says that, man. But, I mean, if he didn't get scared in Half-Life Alex, I mean, shit, he could play half of the horror games that are out there because this thing is way more realistic and immersive than uh, most of the zombie games that I've played. Yeah, true. Very and there's zombies in there. Yeah, I know. I mean, what, what the hell are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they got to be walking dead zombies or else they're not real zombies, I guess. Right. I don't know. Right. Well, I would just point out that the zombies in The Walking Dead are zombies because of the virus. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, what's going on right now? Just watch right, out. Right. It's the, the Chinese zombies. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably where it started. The Chinese zombie virus. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, man, like if it's going to come from anywhere, it probably would be there because the bird flu, the swine flu, like people don't talk about that, but it seems like over the last five to 10 years, everything of that nature seems to come out of there. So too many people roots, too many people, too many weird foods and fats and weird <laughs> shit. Yeah. I've, uh, I've knocked off, you know, they say you should eat, healthier if you want to you know try to fight this thing off so i've changed my my eating habits and uh not eating any bat anymore yeah me neither i don't know that i wasn't before but <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm trying to eat healthier now yeah you, you know what you know what i have been uh enjoying since i changed my diet mm -hmm. uh the impossible bat <laughs> 
Oh, is there really something called the impossible bat? <laughs> no, no. This is a joke I heard the other day. Because, oh. you know, they have the impossible Whopper for oh, okay. vegetarians yeah. because they're not eating eating meat. Yeah. So I'm not eating bad anymore. Now I'm eating the impossible, the impossible bat. bat. Yeah, I wonder what that would be if you had to soy. Yeah, soy. Soy, obviously. Yeah, not soy eat, bat. Not eating any soy bat anytime soon, Wes. And, and, uh, by, the, by the way, I'm <laughs> just going to throw this out there. Uh, all this speculation about people getting sick from eating bats and um, who comes down with, with uh, a, a case of, uh, uh, what is it, MS? Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, getting brain diseases. That's true. All of a sudden, he so. did eat bats. He literally bit the head off of a bat back in the day, right? At least that's what they say. Yeah, he did. Oh, no, he did. He absolutely did. Man, how gross, man. I don't think I want to he do that. He said he thought it was, uh, he didn't think it was real. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was in for a shock, right? Can you imagine I've never bit into a bat and, yeah. Ah, Roots, let me tell you, you don't know what you're missing, yeah. buddy. Yeah, well, I'm missing the Wuhan flu, apparently. Something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the Kung flu? Yeah, the Kung flu. Uh, anyway, uh, you want to talk about something other than Valve? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some, uh, well, I guess it, this it kind of has to do with Valve a little bit, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. Well, too bad, because <laughs> uh, HP, HP has teased a new Reverb G2 headset made in collaboration with who, Roots? Oh, Valve, yeah. With Valve. Uh, HP announced this week that it is building a new VR headset called Reverb G2 in collaboration with Valve and Microsoft. Quote, through this collaboration, Valve, Microsoft, and HP are bringing a more immersive, comfortable, and compatible VR experience. Uh, immersive. Comfortable, compatible roots. What the hell are they building? I don't know. Well, I was looking into this, and they they they're theorizing that the audio is what their valve is adding to it. Um, you know, couple couple things that I thought was weird is I guess because of the what you can see in the picture, they don't think it's gonna be. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be Steam V or if it's gonna be the same tracking. I don't know, man. Like, cause I was reading some stuff on the uh, the Cosmos Elite and and. I didn't know, but it looks like that you have to use the, the Vive Wands for that. Is that correct? Or that there's something different with, with the tracking that's not going to allow the index? And they were questioning in the article if they were going to somehow bring the index to these controllers or to this headset, um, that there's a lot of just a lot up in the air with this thing. Yeah, literally no information about exactly what this is going to be other than the trailer that you're watching roll on a loop here. Um but it's interesting. You see it say Steam VR right there. So obviously this is a Steam VR headset. Uh, but you can also see the camera slots. The the two, might I add, only two camera slots on the front of this thing uh, that would indicate this is a WMR headset, like like the reverb before it. Um, so it's, it's weird. If this is a Steam VR, you know, Valve headset that's tracked externally then what are those cameras for are they just pass-through cameras yeah. and if that's the case 
then what does Microsoft even have to do with this? What, where does Microsoft come in? Yeah, there's a lot of questions up in the air for this one. But uh, I don't know. I was, you know, just even looking at the specs of the original reverb and just how clear that screen is, it's kind of exciting, you know, because I'm not sold that my next headset's going to be an Oculus headset. I'm 95% sure it's not going to be with just the different um, competitions coming out, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far as to say that I'm that sure that I won't be uh, an Oculus. I, I really don't know uh, what it will be. But this goes back to what we were just talking about, like last week. I, I told you, you know, up until this point, I've always had this internal conflict going on about whether or not I should buy a Valve Index. Uh, well, should I spend the money to go ahead and upgrade again, even though I just upgraded less than a year ago? Um, that's put to rest now. I don't even think about it anymore. Uh, with last week's revelation that Oculus is starting to work with developers uh, to develop software for the new headset, the next headset, uh, that says to me that the new hardware is right around the corner it's going to be here before we know it and what do we have this week another new headset roots and they're saying things about this right there no compromises mm. those are strong words when it comes to vr aren't they yeah it sounds like good tracking to me because that doesn't that's a compromise with uh wmr right now it's controllers tracking you know, the reverb looks amazing. One of the best headsets out there visually. Tracking's mediocre, you know. Um, controllers are okay. So no compromises to me. Says perfect tracking, amazing controllers. Uh, audio, just like the Index. I don't know. We'll see. You know, yeah, actually, yeah, I'd rather that... have the FOV of the Index than anything, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Uh I'm going to go ahead and engage in a little bit of speculation here based on the, their description. Uh, no compromises. That says to me, uh, by far, the most resolution that we've had in a consumer-grade headset. Uh, I'm also going to say that those uh, earphones there that appear to emulate the Valve earphones I'm going to go ahead and say that that's probably going to be exactly what those are. And um, they said immersive, comfortable, compatible, compatible roots. Uh, I think that that's going to mean that this is a hybrid. I think that it will work as a WMR headset. I think that it will also work as an external tracked valve mm. headset. So if uh, I think it, it'll be sold as a WMR, it'll have WMR controllers, WMR tracking. But if you already have base stations, if you already have knuckles or wands, uh, you can pick out this headset and it'll work with those as well. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm ready to get one now. Uh, that sounds to me like no compromises. It sounds to me like it's immersive. It sounds to me like it is compatible. Yeah. See, my only worry is, um, you know, and it just goes to what I see now, 
you know, again, people are having trouble or a lot of people are having trouble running what they have now with the graphics, you know, and you bump those specs up and you start to add extra shit and, uh, and then people aren't, aren't able to run at things anymore. So I don't know, man, you know, I think we need to get another bump of, uh, people upgrading their computers as well, because, uh, if we're going to make that jump to the next headset, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need to upgrade a little bit. Well, that that's the kind of the, the, uh, the loop, isn't it? With PC, always something to buy, always something to upgrade. And this is going to be no different. I, I imagine by the time we see these headsets, that uh, the next generation of graphics cards are going to be coming out right along with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just like last time. You know, we had new headsets. We had new graphics cards. It's just going to happen again, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. My experience and my advice to people is don't skimp on the graphics card. And I, I would, I will always invest in that first. Because I can take my Rift S and I, with a really good graphics card, I can bump that up and make it look better. Um, and I submit that every single time I go into VR, I have a better experience than I would have if I was still playing on my 1070. So that investment has just made my VR experience better every single minute that I'm in there. It's just worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time that I built my computer, um, I, I literally, I went through quite a bit of trouble to get pretty much the best consumer grade graphics card on the market at that time. I got the EVGA uh, FTW3 1080 Ti card, which is uh, one of the top benchmarking cards of that time. The thing is, the time that I built my computer was during the big uh, crypto mining boom, Mm. and you couldn't buy any graphics cards at that time. Everything was sold out. 1050 and higher you couldn't get it um so i mean it literally took me months of daily watching you know for things to come in stock because people were marking them up for uh you know buying them for seven or eight hundred dollars and marking them up to you know 130 100 i'm sorry 1300 1400 dollars and selling them out back then so what i literally did was um, I bought a like a EVGA supercharged 1080 Ti, like uh, another 1080 Ti from EVGA, but uh, a little bit lower in uh, in basically in cooling solution, if we want to be technical about it. Um, but literally, like uh, the next week, this uh, FTW3 came in stock, and I already had my 1080 Ti. I was like, oh no. What the hell? So I went ahead and took the leap of faith, bought a second one uh, at, you know, at retail. I paid like 800 bucks or whatever for it. It sold out. You know, they all were sold out within like five minutes of me getting it. It was an impulse thing. Had to get it before they were gone. Um, but I turned around and the, the first one that I'd bought, uh, I paid like, I don't know, around $800, right around the same price. And uh, I turned around and sold it for a thousand dollars. Took me a a day Damn. <laughs> to sell it. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally, I put it on Craigslist, 
and uh but it was worth it like um like you've even said i would even submit i've got my 2080 man but like i crank it and i'm constantly looking at temperature um and it never goes up where it password but i'm always worried about it where you've got such a cool super cooling on that um you crank the fuck out of it and you're just not a worry but is it not like been such i mean how many years has it been that you've been able to run everything at the top of the top um and just now you're starting to think okay you know maybe the next one i'll upgrade um i just think it's worth it right right and that was that was my uh that was my mentality that was my justification you know we were uh talking at the top of the program about how the index people have to justify their purchases right they spend all this money they have to point out every pop can that they can crush so that they can mm. justify it to themselves uh that was my justification when i bought this graphics card uh i was future proofing right mm. i spend more now so i don't have to buy one next year and largely that has uh that has proven to be true. I, I've, I'm still happy with my, my graphics card. Obviously, I'd love to have something that does ray tracing. But, uh, you know, my 1080 Ti, I can still crank the graphics up on even the newest games. And uh, it works pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a uh, definitely good investment. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't take into consideration either um, selling your old card, you know. I sold my 1070 for like 300 bucks to my friend. So I ended up getting my 2080 for 550. So, I mean, I, to me, that's way, way worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, the, yeah, this is, uh, this is the case in anything uh, that you buy hardware related, whether it be PC components, whether it be headsets. Uh, the more that you spend on it now, is the less that you're going to have to spend on it later. And it really, really bothers me when I'm talking to people who are trying to get into it and, uh, and they're trying to buy the, the minimum spec as an entry point because they're not going to be able to play very long on that. You know, sure. You're saving a little bit of money today. Uh, but in a six months to a year, you're not going to be able to run the games anymore. So what what are you doing? You're just throwing your money away. And right? you're going to be on Reddit bitching about it. And uh, <laughs> roots, you're going to frustrate roots, man. That's the biggest thing that frustrates me because everybody's always telling people, oh, yeah, 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 that's good enough. And and people are always quick to say, you know, on in their own post, they'll say, oh, I only want to play Beat Saber. I only want to play this. I'm thinking, you don't fucking know, man. You're going to get in there and you're going to want to play Asgard's Wrath, and you're going to say, oh, God, I can't play this game. Boneworks. Um, you know, even Alex is saying, you know, like his uh, CPU is like a borderline. He needs to upgrade it, you know. Like there's certain certain games that will come out, like Half-Life Alex, and you'll start to notice. Like I, my CPU, I, I don't even know that it's even running on my, you know, when I look at my monitor, it's barely even registering because it's such a high-end cpu it's just it's not doing shit for half-life alex um but you go back a few generations or a couple of years and it, it can make a big difference right so yeah yeah and, and normally those kind of answers are just bullshit cop-out answers anyway nobody's spending money to to build a pc to just to play beat saber on it you know what i mean if you're if you're doing it just to play beat saber then save yourself a little time and effort and money and just buy a quest yeah 
You can play Beat Saber on Quest. Yeah, 400 bucks, man. Beat Saber it up all day long, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the ones uh, that they had at Walmart here are gone now, by the way. Yeah, I don't doubt uh, it. Yeah. The, uh, the guy, remember I told you last year I talked one of my co-workers into buying a PlayStation VR? Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the last one. He just bought a quest. Uh, you told him you told you, you sold it. You solved, you sold it. So there you go. Like moving on up to harder and harder drugs routes. That's how it goes. Yeah. Next he'll be in PC and he'll be good. He'll be good to go. Yeah. PCP. I mean, PC VR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know that it, it's funny with the quest. Everybody says, Oh, I'll never, I don't, I'll never play past two hours, man. Uh, you know, for somebody that plays multiplayer with somebody with a quest regularly, it comes up every single time we play. We have to quit because her battery goes down. You know what I mean? And that's just the, it is what it is. You have a two hour window. That's it. And that's well, the hour... odd thing about that is, I mean, you guys, you play a lot of stuff that could be played sitting down, right? You play, you know, bridge crew, you play big screen. She could plug it in, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, she's thought about it, like um, plugging it in. She doesn't, but that's that the danger of the heat and the battery exploding, or uh, you know. uh, get, the battery's not going to explode. It could get hot though. It could generate heat while it's uh, while it's charging, and it, what that would basically do is it would uh, cause it to throttle, like the processor and and. Uh, in the, the inner, you know, workings of the uh, hardware would begin to throttle back and you'd start to see maybe artifacts or stuttering and things like that would start to happen mm. uh, if it were to overheat. I gotcha. Yeah, no, that's the things that would worry me as well. But yeah, no, I figure two hours is just, it's just not that long. It goes by fast, you know? Yeah, well, in the multiplayer setting, it certainly does, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so now, uh, how about we talk about something other than Valve? <laughs> how far are we in there? Right? Like an hour? <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, for uh, a quick um, synopsis or synopsis of uh, Half Life Alex, we we went pretty deep for a shallow, um, you know. Well, I mean, it's a good thing. Uh, not a lot of news this week, but we do have a, a few interesting things here. Yep. So let's talk uh, a little PlayStation VR. You know, PSVR people out there, they want to hear about their Platform 2 roots. Yeah, not all this uh, PC bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, all this PC crap. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot to choose from this week when it comes to, to PSVR, but you know, they already know, they know paper, paper beast came out, uh, pretty good reviews, by the way, I mean, Anthony played it. He really liked it. Hmm. Um, down the rabbit hole, it got uh, pushed back a few weeks. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is this past week, uh, a tech cybernetic. Uh, a game that we've known is coming to PSVR for quite some time, uh, finally showed up on the PlayStation Store. Um, March 26th in the EU Store, March 27th in the US Store, $20 on both. 
this is a game we've had on PC for a while, Roots. I've never tried it myself, but I've talked to quite a few people who have, and uh, it's pretty much unanimous. This is a, a, a pretty solid, very underrated uh, shooter game, right? Yeah, you know what's funny is I, I could have sworn I played this game, and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, I have not played this game. Like, I, how have I not played because it does. It looks really cool. Um, very, very uh, uh, cool zombie game, right? So I don't know. This would be a good game for PSVR as well. Yeah. Uh, people pretty much unanimously describe this uh, the same way. They, they all say that this game is what Doom VFR should have been. And uh, I, for one, really enjoyed Doom VFR. So... Uh, if people were saying that this is better than that, this has to be a pretty good title. Uh, I really enjoyed Doom VFR as well. Like, especially, you know, I think the problem with Doom VFR is the, the beginning. It's once it gets to the, where things are going crazy, it's crazy. You know, it's action-packed. But, yeah, this one, the this game in particular, like I said, I, I've never, I guess I've never played it. It looks good, though. So. Yeah, uh, PD, uh, PD specifically, uh, recommended this to me, told me I should try it. He did a pretty good video on it way back in the day, uh, probably a year ago, um, maybe less. But uh, it looks cool. I mean, we got a little info on it here. Uh, two story mode. I'm sorry, two gameplay modes, uh, one of which is story. Uh, the story mode takes the player to the 23rd century where Atech Cybernetic is manufacturing biologically enhanced empty body templates that can house a consciousness. Uh, the plan was great, but the execution not so much. Now the protagonist is stuck on a dreary asteroid with no memories and one task to clean up the biomedical corporation's mess. Hostile but stunning environments, dark corridors, caves, an arsenal of the most advanced weapons and an army of unleashed mutants accompanied by a badass metal soundtrack, the perfect recipe for some grade A action. So at least the story mode roots sounds like Doom VFR. Yeah, that looks like it too. Yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's good that it's coming out for um, PlayStation VR. Uh, we've said it in the past, you know, they've had a pretty slow time, so just getting this will be good. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great time for it. Um, finally, I, I think PSVR is coming back a little bit. I mean, uh, sure, a lot of it like this is ports, uh, but they're, they've been getting some good ports lately, as well as some new cross-platform titles. And then, you know, as I mentioned at the top, Paper Beast, uh, by all accounts, a... Uh, an excellent uh, exclusive uh, that just hit PC, uh, PlayStation. Um, also a swarm mode, which offers an endless challenge for those brave enough to endure the hordes of mutants swarming the levels. Wave after wave, having only one goal, devour those who dare to oppose their takeover. Um, two locomotion types, both smooth and uh teleport also smooth turn snap turns uh move controllers only here roots no mm. gamepad play available uh developed from the ground up for vr 
you know if you want to play this you got to have motion controls looks cool man i see guns i see bows and arrows i see uh swords uh it looks pretty uh complete uh, when it comes to this type of a game yeah it looks action-packed as well it looks like everywhere i look there's zombies attacking so well that's kind of what we always uh look for in these games right we we want to uh we want our backs to be put up against the wall yeah for sure uh anyway um just thought i would mention that you know like i said you know a lot of games making headlines for psvr this week i feel like a tech cybernetic probably deserves a little more attention than what it's getting yeah agreed uh you know roots when we did the uh the monday show episode a couple of weeks ago when we talked about all of the the racing games uh you know it took us what six weeks to put that episode together who knew that even after all that time developing that uh we actually did the episode about two weeks too early because uh, right after we aired it radial g came through with a big update for their game and now the week after that mini motor racing x has also received a very significant update um you know what what's cool about this is i didn't have a whole lot of um complaints about this game but the ones I did have have been addressed now and apparently are no longer issues. I said my big thing with it, if you'll remember, my biggest issue was the speed of the game. I felt like it could have been a little bit faster. And the very first patch note on the, on the list here, car speed increase in all modes. Yeah. Yeah, actually, everything, everything on this patch notes is good. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on there. One of the things that I liked the best was the... Um, the first person inside the car in VR and um, and then also the micro cars. Like I felt like the cars were small before, but um, apparently they're going to make them to like micro machine size, tiny, tiny, right? And that I think will add like more of a blaze rush um, feel to it. And it's just a totally different type of racing. Uh, and then of course, like I said before, um, the first person view was on top of the car. Now you're going to actually get to be in the car. Um, which is cool. Yeah, and apparently that makes a uh, huge difference. Being in the uh, first-person uh, vantage point turns it into a whole different game, which yeah. uh, I can believe. Yeah, yeah, especially even just looking out, like if you're looking out through the window or you're feeling like you're in it instead of on top of it. Because um, on top of it felt weird. It felt like you were first-person, but it was a little bit different. Um and uh, didn't have that same feel. So that's kind of cool. Right. right. Basically, uh, it turns it more into a, a Mario Kart experience rather than your Blaze Rush RC program type of game uh, that you get from outside, right? Yeah. So that's one of the beauty of this game is, you know, you've got the best of every world. You got all these cars, you got all these tracks, you got... Uh, you know all the stuff they're adding now this the it's just that there's more to this game than just about every other racing game of this type um because now you can play it uh as a go-kart type of game or like a rc program yeah and you know uh we praise this game for having um uh, uh easy to follow upgrades you know per upgrade progression uh, they've also added the ability with this patch 
to respec your car upgrade. So I guess what that means is uh, if you upgrade your car a certain way and you don't like it after you try it out, the next time through you can reverse that and put that uh, uh, towards something else, right? Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, I wish more games would do that. You know, give you the options to uh, um, maybe change your gun with resin. You know, everything goes back to Half-Life Alex. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just having options is good. So. Um, they added in reverse. So if you get stuck, you can now back up, which kind of seems like a no-brainer. Uh, there are new difficulty levels, and they've balanced out the career mode. Uh, this is cool. There is a new VR control method. Uh, it says point and tilt to steer. So you have your gamepad. Uh, now if you want to, you can kind of use it like a, uh, steering wheel to steer. Kind of like the, um, the old school, uh, Wii Mario Kart. All right. right got those exactly. wheels and stuff. Yeah. Radio G has something kind of like that too, where it's like, um, Kind of like a handlebar style of steering so that you just kind of do this with the motion controllers and you can steer that way. That's kind of cool. I see a pod racer eventually where you're just kind of pulling the, the strings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to have like a Star Wars pod racing game? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather it be like one small part of the amazing Star Wars game, but, uh, but absolutely. Right. right. Exactly. Like, uh, no, I don't want to get off on the Star Wars thing because <laughs> I could literally just take 30 minutes now and lay out the whole Star Wars game in each mode that it should have and yeah, exactly for... the scene which should take place when we have the pod races. And you yeah, know. we'll make it, uh, we'll make it on a Monday episode someday when they're actually bringing yeah. it out. Maybe next Monday. Yeah, maybe. Actually, <laughs> while we're on the topic hey. of next Monday. Uh, next week just so happens to be week 52 of the virtual strangers program roots uh what's that thing called where there's 52 weeks uh, a year yeah a year i can't believe it one right? year doing some cool stuff next week to uh celebrate the one year anniversary uh some of which we're going to announce others that we are not uh but we can go ahead and announce that not tomorrow but on the next week's episode of the monday show monday show 32 we are going to have a special guest uh unprecedented roots we've never had guests on before uh anthony from vr365 and vr game rankings website has agreed to come on and do an episode of the monday show with us and uh roots the coolest thing about this whole thing uh is Anthony has agreed to participate in because I said so. Yeah, that is cool. You know, and uh, we won't talk about which games, but um, I like the game he picked for us, and I like the game we picked for him, and I think it's going to be a good topic. And uh, I think yeah. it's cool to include somebody else, you know, uh, uh, a fellow, um, you know, person making, doing content as well as uh, somebody that watches the show. Or listens to it and uh and for him to be a part of because i said so i i don't know i think it's kind of exciting to me anyway yeah it's awesome it's awesome there has been no 
truer friend to the virtual stranger show than, than Anthony. Uh, and you know, his community is kind of like the motherland for our community. It's where we met up at, uh, pretty safe to say if it weren't for Anthony and his show, we wouldn't be here doing this right now. Uh, so yeah, we're eternally grateful to Anthony. And if we're going to have a guest on to celebrate the uh, birthday of our show, I can think of no better guest, uh, than Anthony. And let me just say this about, um, because I said so with Anthony, the thing that we chose for him is something that he has railed against multiple times on his show, something that he is not a supporter of, uh, and he agreed to do it. So, uh, he's going to cool. He's because we said so. Exactly. He may not have liked uh, the idea of doing this in the past, but he's going to because we said so. Yeah. So, yeah, tune in Monday show 32, eight days from now. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so that almost wraps us up here, Roots. Before we go, uh, you know, we just had an awesome week of game releases. Uh, one might think that it's time for a slowdown, but not so fast, friends. Another great week of releases ahead. Uh, games that we've already pretty much beaten to death in the lead up to the to March. Uh, but I do want to go ahead and throw out a few reminders uh, about what's coming out this week. Uh, first of all, we have one that's pretty much at the top of my uh, most highly anticipated list. And that game is Lies Beneath. Um, this is a game coming to us from Drifter. Uh, and by the way, Roots, again, what timing. I mean, we were just talking about Drifter. I wonder if those guys are ever going to make another game. And then within like a couple of weeks, boom, we find out about Lies Beneath. And then within a month here, we're going to have the game in our hand. So how awesome is that? Yeah, it's perfect for 2020 because nobody has patience and people freak out about everything. So bring it out last minute makes us happy. And it's like, whoa. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really psyched about this one over just about every other game. I think Half-Life Alex was was the top of my list. And this is the second just because it's so unique and um, creepy and just the art style. And I don't know, just it's really making an impression on me every time I look at it. So. Yeah, it looks freaking awesome. Uh, you were asking last week what the uh, story was. What's the synopsis here? Uh, in Lies Beneath, May, that's who you're playing. You're playing May. May returns home to the fictional Alaskan town of Slumber. She finds the place overrun with monsters and sets out to save her father. Mm. So that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, as we speculated last week, uh, you're coming home, only home isn't quite home anymore. Man, I don't want to go home if this is what my house is like. Man, this is pretty fucking creepy. It looks good, dude, and I uh, legit, I, I want to play it now. I can't. I got to wait till middle of April, dude. Like, I don't even know. Hopefully, we'll be out of quarantine by then, but uh, <laughs> who knows, man? Well, um... I happen to know that that whole week, Weasel's going to be home. So guess what Weasel's going to be mm. doing in short order? He'll be playing some VR, I hope. 
Actually, yeah. In this game in particular, I would think I probably will have beaten it by then because this game, even though it's coming to Rift on April 14th, coming to Oculus Quest March 31st. So just a couple more days and uh, all the Quest owners out there are going to have Lies Beneath in their hands. Yeah, it's not fair, man. I want I want to play it now. I don't necessarily yeah, want you, the quest, but I want to play the game now. So yeah. well, you were uh, you were just talking about people who didn't have patience. Yeah, uh, that's me. You, no, I, you know, I I'll be okay. I think by the time I, it comes out, I'll I'll forgotten. I just it's not even the fact that I gotta wait less. It's the fact that somebody else is playing it while I'm waiting. That doesn't set well with roots. I want to, you know, like everybody needs to be waiting with me. Um, so I guess not. Well, here's the thing. Every platform, whether it be Oculus or PlayStation VR, they all, they all build their, their base up on exclusives. Uh, but we haven't really seen that with Quest. Everything Quest gets ends up on Rift. Uh, so, I mean, the Quest people have to have their their stuff too right i know i'm glad i it is good that they get something even if it's only a couple weeks because there, there is no reason you know i mean usually if something comes out on quest um and it isn't for rift it's because it doesn't need to be on rift and it's just a gear game that's been put up to quest and it's you know what i mean usually like you said it's gonna come to rift uh, it's just a matter of time unless okay. it's hand tracking then they just dick us around for that forever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no hand, no hand tracking, guys. Not, not for PC, bro. Yeah, I don't know what I. I haven't been able to do this, man. I don't know what I'm. What I'm gonna do. <laughs> gonna do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't have the index either. I could do that in the game. That'd be nice. You know, it's funny they call it the index, but this one's the index. Yeah, that's right. It should be the. I can do that on the Rift, no problem. You know, there is one game, one game I played recently where there was some kind of configuration I did with my Rift S where it was able to do the middle fingers. I can't remember which game it was, but I did. I felt like oh, a yeah. index um, index player for like a day. I felt I felt cool. I think. Um... Yeah, boiling on. steel yeah maybe it was okay yeah boiling steel lets you do all sorts of you can do like the devil horns and you can do peace signs and you can do the middle finger yeah, yeah. you know it's funny russ is like i i'm reluctant to do the middle finger but it comes out of my mouth like it's nothing isn't that weird and it's like what is wrong with you yeah yeah well. yeah I've, uh, look at that <laughs> yeah uh, that thing looks creepy as hell right yeah uh good goliath roots we knew that this game was scheduled for march we knew that it was running out of days in march uh so they have announced that it's coming on the very last day in march just mm. like lies beneath uh this game is coming out on march 31st for psvr steam and oculus rift uh, this, of course, is a wave-based arcade action title where you play as a weaponless, gentle giant who has woken from a slumber and must defend himself using any surrounding objects. Throw, catch, and dodge any obstacles thrown at you in this storybook-style comical world featuring a full single-player campaign. Uh, 
this game looks surprisingly polished. Uh, it looks like something you'd see in a modern arcade, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, how gentle is that giant, though, man? He's throwing people. <laughs> like, he's throwing shit, man. He's killing people. That's not very gentle. Granted, he's he's in defense mode, but... Uh, but yeah, no, I um I, I think this is one of those ones that's gonna be a sleeper game and it's gonna be a good um palate cleanser. And uh, you know, the worst thing that it has going for it is it's got wave based attached to it, the actual words. Um, but it looks like different wave based and uh the art style is cool. So I don't know, I wanna check it out. Um, but uh, hopefully the devs will throw it to get throw us a copy or two and we can uh, talk about it. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, I'm in full agreement there. I would love to try this one out. Um, yeah, wave-based uh, only sucks if it's a sucky game. But, you know, there are good wave-based games out there, and uh, there's a Shark Roots, yeah. and uh, we know yeah. Sharks in VR always equals awesome. Yeah, especially when they're flying at your face and you just grab them and throw them at somebody else. That's the beauty of life, man. When you can catch something that's going to hurt you and throw it back in someone else's face... Who doesn't want to do that, right? I do a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Even sure. like, uh, never mind. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good Goliath, March thirty first for all major VR platforms, excluding Oculus Quest. So, uh. More PSVR routes. We talked about it last week or the week before. Final Assault coming to PSVR. Uh, quick thinking is essential in this World War II themed action title where you must command troops as they enter into massive battles on land, in tanks, and in the air with dogfights. Uh, also, March 31st on PSVR. Oh, God. Uh, this one's pretty cool, right? Yeah, you're breaking the bank of all the PlayStation players here. This one, actually, I don't know. Are there many RTS games for PlayStation VR? Because to me, this is one of the better ones on PC. Um, I I like it. I just like the way everything moves and how easy it is and just how you can, like, almost just enjoy watching things do it. You know, not only enjoy attacking things, but watching them once you set them in motion, doing what you've told them to do. And uh, I just think it's really cool. Yeah, the whole draw of this thing to me, uh, other than the multiplayer aspect of it, is uh, I just want to look at it and see what these little things look like. You know, it's always so cool whenever you get like a tabletop mode in a game or something that allows you to shrink the worlds down. Or even if you're playing a game like Moss or Ghost Giant or Down the Rabbit Hole, it's always cool to have these little miniaturized worlds right in front of your eyes. Uh for for whatever reason, it, it kind of makes the, the 3D pop out even more, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got that sense of scale. And that, I mean, that's the biggest thing is seeing things that small and looking at them up close and the detail. And uh, like you said, it's almost better than than playing it. Um, I, could, I could see myself watching a match, spectating and enjoying it more almost than playing it because I can really enjoy looking at things and uh and checking out how everything looks um you know that the uh the early concepts for this game uh it wasn't even like a a world war ii war theme uh game it was actually originally supposed to be like a mad max post-apocalyptic 
uh, style game where hmm. different factions were battling for resources like oil and uh, and that sort of thing. Oh, that sounds kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, I saw them on uh, on Twitter. They shared some uh, early concept art, and it actually looked. It's cooler than this even yeah no i think we're gonna see all sorts of games like that that are just gonna be super cool um thinking outside the box and uh reinventing the wheel really as far as these type of games um go you know they, i guess what people say brass tactics brass tactics is a little bit more um strategic i'm not sure but uh i don't know to me this one was just so easy to use and and taking the plane and being able to to draw a pattern of how it's going to fly and have, I mean, you could fly it in ridiculous patterns. It's going to do it. Um, it's just really cool. So you know what, what uh, would be really cool in a in a game like this if they had like a uh, a cinematic mode where you can literally set up the board however you want it to look, and you control both sides. And you put together like this action sequence where or a battle, uh, and you have it all scripted out how it's going to go down with the planes, with the troops, with the tanks. Uh, I feel like playing with it even on that level would be a lot of fun, like kind of like a, a cinematic sandbox style mode. You know what you would be hearing if that was true, if that existed, you'd be hearing, Daddy, come look at my war. I, I made a, you know. <laughs> They're going to want to it, just think about that from a kid's perspective of being able to set that up and then sit back and watch it. How cool that would be, right? It'd be literally like uh, playing army man, only you don't need your imagination. Yeah. How cool would a game like this be where it was cowboys and Indians? Like you pick one and, um, and you're battling against each other. Uh, I just think you, there's just so many different ideas um, of that nature. And I think that'd be pretty civilization cool. VR. Yeah, I would love civilization or um Sim City. Sim City where you build a city and you can shrink yourself down and and roam around it, drive around or whatever. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Agreed. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. But in the meantime, Final Assault is really cool and uh now available for those who play on the PlayStation VR. Uh, platform so congratulations to those guys yeah you got some games and now you don't have to hate the quest players speaking of the quest players they're getting a pretty solid port this week as well in the form of guns and stories bulletproof uh coming to us from Mirowin, uh the developers who brought us boiling steel recently uh this action-packed western style shooter fully immerses you in a to a wild west setting as you encounter and fight off a series of cartoonish enemies uh, dual wield various classic and modern weapons and move quickly avoiding incoming bullets in a series of detailed and varied locations uh, we got a, a wave shooter here Roos but by all accounts uh, a fairly uh, fun one uh, we've got some comedy going on here and uh, even though you're in these wild west environments, as you can see there, uh, they let you bring modern weapons into the fray, which uh, which is always a good idea, right? Uh, yeah. Have you played this game? See, I, this is one of those games that I've I've seen 
um the name so many times but i've never watched gameplay before today and i'm like man this actually looks pretty good it's like something that i could see myself enjoying um and trying out sometime yeah th this is another one of those titles like uh, atex cybernetic for me that i've never played but i'm very familiar with just because i've talked to so many people that have played it and i've watched gameplay on it uh yeah this looks like a pretty awesome one goes on sale pretty cheap quite a lot uh you know you can get this game sub 10 bucks on the regular um i think it's also on viport mm. and there's a, a free demo for it for those of you out there who want to try it yeah well i'm gonna be trying it um uh, probably when it's on sale or viveport i don't I'm not big on demos wes like i either uh, i just feel like i don't know i'm just not too big on demos for some anyway, reason arcade arcade style wave-based uh shooting action it's it's hard to screw up shooting in vr isn't it yeah it's very hard and it looks like they did this is pretty um fast-paced so unreal engine too it's always uh, a big plus when you get an unreal game in vr yeah absolutely uh okay uh one more i just wanted to bring up and actually it was such a late addition uh that i uh I didn't even add it to my hard copy of my notes here. I got to bring up the uh, the website version of the notes. Uh, but it was brought to our attention that we forgot last week to herald the coming of another awesome looking title uh, that just released a couple of days ago. Roots on the 26th of March, we got Hyper Wheel Overdrive by developer neon engine this is a groundbreaking multiplayer vr driving action game that combines first person arena combat with racing uh, you start your hyperwheel car pick up your laser rifle get some rocket get some rockets and battle other drivers at high velocity uh roots uh to the top meets twisted metal right yeah yeah, it definitely is looks fast paced and I don't know how we forgot this last week, Wes. Or did we just yeah, yeah. Uh, something else must have uh came out that uh distracted us yeah, just probably. a little bit. <laughs> well, at least we remember this week and uh um this is definitely a game that I'd like to try, check out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, you you know, we um we reference the Asgard's effect quite often on this channel and how uh a lot of the indie titles just don't quite hold up anymore and we don't really have the desire to go back and play them uh this looks like one of the few that have such a unique and interesting concept uh that i don't think the asgards are effect if this game's done correctly and it's not broken uh i think that this is going to be a lot of fun yeah it's just a completely different type of game and it's so uh you know multiplayer is always good as long as it like you said it's it's a good time fun so uh 10 percent uh early adopter sale going on right now through the uh april the second it retails for around 19 dollars uh but with the discount you can have it today for around 17 dollars yeah. so uh check it out all right, friends, with that, I think that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Just a few reminders. Tune into the Monday show 31 tomorrow for our uh, our thoughts on down the rabbit hole. 
my thoughts on B-Team plus more uh, the Monday Show 31. And be sure to tune in next week as Virtual Strangers turns one year old. Uh, we got Anthony coming on to do a full episode of the Monday Show 32 with us. There's going to be Because I Said So and more in that episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, we're going to do some giveaways, Roots. We're going to give away some codes. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good to me. I know we've got some so, uh, for sure. Yeah, so tune in not only to the Monday show, but uh, tune in as well on uh, Sunday for Virtual Strangers 52. Uh, we've got a pretty cool surprise lined up for you on Sunday as well, but we're not going to ruin that one. So just tune in for that one. Uh, probably going to be giving out some codes on both days. Don't ask me how, don't ask me what. Uh, we're going to kind of just do it on the fly and uh, we'll see how it goes down. Uh, but uh, another great couple of weeks of content planned. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe by clicking the red button below. Click that bell so that you can receive notifications whenever we're getting ready to go live with an episode. And um, join the conversation by joining our Discord by clicking our invitation link down in the description. With that said, friends, we would like to thank you once again for watching and for Roots. I'm Wes. We will see you tomorrow, friends. Bye-bye. Take it easy.